many times has this happened to you? Always. You want to listen to Dave and Darren in the morning, but it's not a weekday morning. Oh, no. What are you going to do? Wait until uh, 5.30 the following weekday? I can't wait. Or you want to listen to Dave and Darren at a time that works for you. Right now. That's why we've built this just for you. That's right. This is for you. It's for you. This is for you. It's Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things podcast, a review of the things we got done on our morning show, which, again, is every weekday, 5.30 to 10 on Planet 93.9 on your FM dial or on your mobile app or your laptop, however you want to listen to it live. We're grateful for that and equally grateful that you've taken some time to download and enjoy this, the Top 5 Things Let's get started with... How about number one? One. Number one. Number one. Number one. And this should be obvious. Okay, number one. Number one. 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 Number one. I have two stories here that do not at all seem to be related, and yet, cosmically, there's a thread that ties them together. Okay. I have the story of uh, heir to the Playboy fortune who's now joining OnlyFans to make some money. Are we talking about Hugh Hefner's kid? Yes! Hugh Hefner's kid is joining OnlyFans because he needs money. And I have a story... Doesn't he have an older daughter, though? Isn't she the one who owns? Or is this a... Is this a young younger person? This dude's 33 years old, and he's one of... Yeah, yeah. He had four kids. They're spaced out. You're right. Yeah. Christina was, I thought, the one that was, like, the the eldest and the one in charge. Well, I guess that would make sense because this 33-year-old Hugh Hefner kid is now on OnlyFans showing his stuff uh, to, to make some money because okay. he needs some money. And Just like Dad would have. <laughs> Hugh Hefner never got naked. No, he didn't, thankfully. Thank, thank goodness that he at least had the common sense to not do that. <laughs> There's also a story here of a mad bomber in Maryland. Okay. And these stories are both, again, weirdly, oddly connected. All right, you show us how. All right. We begin with the arrest of a mad bomber in Maryland, Aberdeen, Maryland, plagued by a mysterious nighttime explosions. Uh, These things were happening every night. There'd be a different bang. Huh. What's going on? Happened for about a month. Didn't do a lot of significant damage, but the booms were starting to keep people up. Sure. I mean, when there's People just just lay and they're anticipating the boom. You're just an Aberdonian trying to get a little sleep there in Maryland. The next thing you know, kabdooj. That's not great. Well, you can sleep in peace now in Aberdeen because they have arrested one Jeremiah Burnett. They found him. They suspect that he was the Aberdeen bomber. How were they able to catch this guy? Yes, how? All thanks to Pokemon cards. Pikachu? Pika, Pika, Pika. Yes, the discovery of Pokemon cards at one of the bombing sites. Oh, he dropped some. Launched a chain reaction of realizations that eventually led the cops to Burnett. The 34-year-old Pokemon-obsessed bomber arrested and then confessed to his crimes. So how did they catch him? This all started in Aberdeen, Maryland back in mid-May when the first explosion went off in the dead of the night. Several more loud bangs going off in the past couple of weeks, waking up and scaring everyone in the town. Fortunately, no one was hurt in any of these explosions. But you had to wonder... Who is setting off these bombs that were all targeting things seemingly of no value? Yeah. What was the goal? What's the game, Aberdeen Bomber? Uh What are you about? Nobody had any answers. Even more strangely, the explosions seemed to center on the neighborhood surrounding the intersection of South Rogers and James Streets. Finally, a breakthrough came. In the wee hours of June 13th, Yet another explosion occurred near a wooded area in that area, uh, that area of South Rogers and James Street. 
This is at 3.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Officers from the Aberdeen Police Department arrived at the scene. According to a statement from the office of the Maryland State Fire Marshal, the cops found a crater the explosion had left behind the tree line. And that crater was littered, littered with evidence. Only none of the responding officers expected to find this kind of evidence. The crater, Darren. Was someone was blowing up a bunch of Playboys? Littered with Pokemon cards. Oh, Pokemon cards. Uh-huh. Later, deputy state fire marshals, agents from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, bomb technicians, and a canine unit all arrived at the scene. They discovered more Pokemon cards and their wrappers in addition to other evidence. So what do the Pokemon cards mean? Pikachu? We don't Pika, know. Pika. Until one officer had a revelation. This cop remembered a couple of days earlier they arrested a guy who had been carrying a stack of Pokemon cards on him. Yeah. They check with the police records, and they find the name, Jeremiah E. Burnett, who lives on South Roger Street, where the bombings were all taking place. Then the cops had another struck of luck. By co- complete coincidence, a local resident called in to file a police report. Police said uh, that, that this person told them that they'd gotten into an argument with Burnett a couple days earlier. And as Burnett walked away angry, he ended the conversation with a single word. Boom. <laughs> okay. Okay. That day, the caller found a mysterious Pokemon card left on his home's front steps. Concerned for their safety, they decided to call the cops. And it's a good thing they did, because after putting two and two together, the cops began to think that they'd found the Aberdeen bomber. And indeed, they had. Boom. You're going to end an argument with boom when somebody's bombing the town? And then I found a Pokemon card on my front step, and I thought, well, this is a threat. You're damn right it's a threat. Now you're asking yourself, what could that story have to do with Hugh Hefner's son joining OnlyFans? This guy is subscribed to the OnlyFans account? No. No, it's, it's even weirder than that. 33-year-old Marston Hefner has joined OnlyFans, and he's going to use all the income he makes getting naked for people on, uh, on the OnlyFans uh-huh. to splurge on Pokemon cards. <laughs> okay. okay. The 33-year-old, who's one of the late Playboy founder's four children, gave an interview to the New York Post saying, quote, it's a long-term avenue for future and further financial security <laughs> it's not so it's not any sort of security if you're just going to spend it all on cards these cards will be worth a fortune though someday darren oh okay. step one get, get naked on OnlyFans. Step, step two, two get the cards step three profit okay i okay Hefner's 33-year-old kid who describes himself as, quote, bisexual AF, is married to Anna Lambropolis. Wait a minute. Is AF what I think it means? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Way to go. (laughs) I'm not a little little teeny bit bisexual. No, I'm I'm bisexual AF. (laughs) Okay. He's married to Anna Lambropolis, and the couple is expecting their first child. He says his wife is, his words, not crazy about this OnlyFans account, where he strips down for paying customers. Most of the content on his OnlyFans is Pokemon-related, but young Hefner also has videos where he tantalizes fans by undressing himself slowly and engaging in some play, doing some stuff to a part of his body. Wow. <laughs> Wrecked him, damn near killed him. He's trying to make Dad proud. What in the world? He says people are, uh, might be surprised 
by his OnlyFans endeavor, but really he's just combining both of his parents' professions. Dad made his fortune publishing risque content, and his mom was a former Playboy model who had no qualms about getting naked. Marston says his liberal upbringing has made him open-minded about how people make their money, declaring, quote, I believe there's nothing wrong with nudity or sexuality. Uh-huh. He says if people have sex and they make money from it, cool. If I end up doing it, cool. Very cool, Dave and Darren. Very cool. I need this money for Pokemon cards. What, what's, what's so weird about this? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the wife's about to have a baby, and this is how this guy's putting food on the table. And by food on the table, I mean money for Pokemon well, cards. Well, someday he'll put money on the table. Marston is a comic book and Pokemon card collector and says he wants to use his OnlyFans income to add to his haul. He refuses to reveal how much money he's earning from the uh, content he creates for OnlyFans, but he's hinting that it's a lot, saying he'll be able to afford a Pokemon trophy card before the end of the year. I guess a Pokemon trophy card is worth thousands of dollars. Okay, still no. You don't so so you don't have any money just from being Hugh Hefner's kid. Yeah, I, th- I think he does, but it's not enough. I guess maybe there's some sort of like limit to how much money he can spend on Pokemon cards, and he wants to go over and above. So that's why he's getting naked and putting stuff up his. Put room. it in the will. Put <laughs> it in the will. That kid will spend every last dime on Pokemon. Maybe put something in the will that says, uh, don't, don't, "Don't put stuff up your butt for Pokemon cards on the internet." I don't know. In retrospect, uh, that would have been good uh, le- legal advice to give you. Spend some money on your child's food. <laughs> There's a baby on the There's way. There's a baby. But I really want to talk to you about uh, uh, Pokemon and Pikachu and whatnot. Check this out. We're here to talk about Pokemon. and uh, <laughs> Check me out. <laughs> what? Say what? I mean, I'm serious. AF. Just for the sexual thrill! The sexual thrill! I'm not going to tell you how much I make, but I'm going to be able to buy another card with this money. So... Number two. Number two. (laughs) Number two. 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 All right, I'm going to take a risk here and sound like old man yelling at Cloud for a moment. Can I get on a soapbox for a moment? Because this is something that's grinding my gears. Maybe you've seen this. I've seen it now twice in the last couple of days, and I don't quite understand what's going on. Okay. Yesterday, I see a car running some errands, and there's a vehicle, and you know that that stuff you can write on your windows? Uh, People write messages on their car windows, like, you know, homecoming or whatever. Uh What is it? Is it soap that they use, or what is it to, like... I know what you're talking about. Where they mark it, and they can write things on their cars. Uh, This person, on the back window of their vehicle, wrote in giant letters, Help me pay my repair bills. I hit a deer. And then there's the cash app where you can send this person money. Oh, I haven't seen that. And I thought, I mean, that's a bummer that you hit a deer and all. But how is this my... What? It's like, send me money because I hit a deer and I need to pay to fix this car. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines is the message. And, like, I get it, man. Uh, you hit a deer. That sucks. That's a lot of money. Because uh, some stupid deer ran out in the road. I, I get it. Unexpected stuff like right, that. Yeah, right, right, it. right. Yeah. But then there's like the cash app, and I'm wondering, like, okay, um, I mean, I guess, I guess that's one way of of paying for it. But who is who's paying that? Who's sitting at a red light and going, "I'd like to help this person out"? Is that a thing that people do? They must, because otherwise, why would you put your cash app? And your, your, your sob story on your car. Well, it must be, they must get some return out of it, I guess, maybe. Or at least they're attempting that. Now, I could kind of wrap my head around that one, certainly more than the next one I'm going to share with you. 
because that's somebody who finds themselves in a, in a difficult situation financially, and they're yes. just trying to do whatever they can do to get a car that, that is running. Like, that part, I can, I can understand the motive. I'm not quite sure I understand how it works. But then I also saw driving around, not far from where I saw this uh, help me out because I had a deer in the back of the car, the, the one I was telling you about with, with the back of the car, it was written in like that marker soap, whatever stuff they use in the back window. I saw a car with local plates with vinyl, like die-cut vinyl on the back window. Yeah. And it was, I just got married. Would you care to buy the bride a drink? <laughs> what? And then she's got her cash app where you can send her money to buy her a drink because she just got married. I haven't seen any of this what yet. What in the wide world of sports? What? I just got married. Would you care to buy the bride a drink? And then there's the uh, number for her cash app, right? And then uh, send her money so she can buy herself a drink because she just got married. What? You're First of all... You're no longer the bride. <laughs> wait a minute, yes! Here's the thing, like... Uh, didn't you have a party where everyone drank? Yeah. Uh, that's called your wedding. Yes. Uh, uh, I wasn't invited to that because I don't know you, madam. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know who you are, madam. <laughs> and also, like, the idea of having strangers buy you drinks, once you're a bride, that ends. that's over with. <laughs> yeah. If it was just a thing on the back that said, you want to buy me a drink? I guess I could kind of understand that, although I don't know who's doing it. But, like, she just got married. Good for her. I'm going to send her just enough money to buy her a beer. It must work because it's not cheap to get vinyl letters cut and put on your window yeah, like you that, gotta right? Cover, you got to cover that cost. Would you like to buy the bride a drink? Buy the bride a drink? That's the last Where thing Where do you I drive around? This was all in uh, Davenport. Davenport and Bettendorf. All right. Yep. Has anyone else seen these vehicles? I'm not imagining these things. I'm just... I'll be on the outlook for them now, I I guess. I was behind this bride car, and I just thought, what world is this that we're living in? I just got... Hey, you don't know me, but there's a way you could give me money because I just got married. Enough for me to have a drink would be nice. <laughs> I need driving a, around the Quad Cities. I could sure use a drink. What are we doing? And it must be like a template. Because there was like a little, a little vinyl cut of a, like a martini glass. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It was her entire back window. <laughs> hey, I just got married. You want to buy me a drink, don't you? Well, you can do that without having to meet me or talk to me. Or anything. Or anything. From the privacy of your vehicle, you can just send me money. To the privacy of my vehicle. And I want you to know, any money you send me, strangers, it will go to alcohol. That is my vow to you. Like, what? What is is any of this? What? (laughs) The, The deer thing, again... It sucks that you hit a deer. It, that, uh, that's rough. And I imagine you wouldn't be putting your cash app up. But also, here's the thing, too. I don't know that you hit a deer. Uh, How do I know that? Are you telling me the truth? I don't know. I don't know what your story is. But at least, okay, I need money to fix this car because I hit a deer. I mean, it, this was a, it was a whole story on the back window of, of the one person's car. I can at least wrap my brain around somebody finding themselves in a difficult financial circumstance and maybe there's an urge to help because, uh, little, yeah, I'm I remember... Little, I'm a little desperate. I remember what it was like to not be able to pay to get your car fixed. Like, I've, I've been there. Here you go. Here's a couple of bucks. I can get that. Now, I'm not suggesting that I gave any of these people any money because then I also wonder, like, are, are you on the hook to them forever? How does that work? I'm back. Right? But this whole idea of... I would hit a, you? I hit a you, cow. Would you? <laughs> I, I <laughs> ran my car into the river. I, I just got married. I suppose you'd like to buy the bride a drink. Well, I've made arrangements on this app for you to do that. Here's my username, and I look forward to you sending me money. You, you just got married. 
Andrew texting us here on the text line at 563-223. Andrew's got an answer. 8355. He says, I think I saw the buy me a drink car. I also saw a car that said, I just graduated high school. Send money here. And then there was their Venmo information. That. Here's who needs to send you money when you graduate from high school. Grandma and grandpa. People in your family. Yes. It's none of my business that you graduated high school. I don't know who you are, man. I mean, congratulations. That's terrific. But I'm not sending you money. I What? This, this whole idea of panhandling with the back of your car, I just, it's, keep an eye out for them. Okay, Because they're, ve- they're very entertaining. All right. And this, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the bride, buy me a drink. It's just the temerity of it all. I wonder I just, what I should come up with. Hmm. Well, I mean. Just because. <laughs> just because. <laughs> yeah, well, buy a drink's already been taken in this market. You got to come up with your own, uh, your own thing. So I graduated high school. I hit a deer, and I got married. Buy me a drink. Those are the three that we know of for now. If you've seen any others, well, I did graduate high school. I hit a skunk one time. <laughs> but, well, you've already paid for that, huh? Oh, I, there was no damage. <laughs> it just got stuck in the wheel well, stunk a little bit. <laughs> Josh says, how do you even know they really got married? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. yeah. Because, you, right, you, that could be, I don't even, and I didn't even see who was driving it because the car was in front of me. Could have been a dude driving that car. I don't know. Again, it's, it's none of my business because it's none of my business. Right. But you're choosing to make it your business with this whole vinyl die-cut letter presentation that you're putting on the back of your car. I would also love to know, like, how effective are these campaigns? Because if you're driving around a lot, a lot of people are seeing the message. It, it only takes a handful of people for it to make sense for you to do it, right? I mean, the writing it in the back of your car with, with I, whatever, uh, you get a couple bucks. For am I a deer. chump for not doing it? <laughs> right. Are we, are we leaving money on the table by not having some sort of sob story or some sort of uh, life event? On the, <laughs> the back of our car. Am, am I missing the boat? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It just seems like I, I, I go back and forth from being irritated to infuriated to delighted to envious to, <laughs> like, I don't know how to feel about this, uh-huh, Darren. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to process my emotions yeah, I get with it. the whole idea of you don't know me. You've got a look on your face like you were... John Voigt, you just got thrown up by the anaconda. You don't know, you don't know what just happened. Uh, let's see. Josh texting in here. He says, Darren needs to put this on his car. All right? What am I putting? Shamika says I have potential, so give me some cash. <laughs> yes. That's, That's it. Yeah, I got potential. Shamika said so. Shamika says I've got potential. Here's my Venmo information. Uh-huh. Wow. Oh, they can't withdraw money, can they? No. <laughs> okay. Cool. No. I think they can. Uh, no, they can't. Take I left it. myself wide open for people just taking what they wanted. <laughs> Man, I ain't got to I put a th- I put some clever thing about Shamika on my Man. car, and now they've emptied out my bank account. <laughs> I ain't got it. They, they took everything from the 401ks, too. <laughs> oh, man. I have nothing. Boy, I got to start all over again. <laughs> Would you like to buy the bride a drink? I don't think I've got time to start all what? over again. What, what does your husband think about strangers buying you drinks all night long? What's going on here? Well, no, I just I, I take that money to the bar, and I, uh, I explain to the bartender that this money is for my... <laughs> for Ven- my drink. Yes, yeah, mode. I've always relied on the uh, kindness of strangers. I'm actually able to just pay for the drink with uh, the money you deposited. Right. Using my phone as well. Right. What a world. I just, I don't, I don't understand any of it. No, I don't, I don't, I don't know about any You've of never this. seen this, though? I, yeah. Okay, keep an eye out, because... We're all as confused as you are. Okay, that's, that's exactly what I was hoping to get out of this. I need everyone to be as confused as I am. 
three. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. 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 You ever seen the food truck uh, Floyd's Burgers? Yes. People rave about Floyd's Burgers. Yes. And whenever you see the Floyd's Burgers food truck out and about in the Quad Cities, there is a line. And my buddy Steve was uh, raving about Floyd's Burgers. That's the thing. People will wait in line for a, for a while and not complain one bit uh, to get one of these burgers from Floyd's Burgers. Now, I've, I've not yet had an opportunity to, to do it. They posted this on their Facebook last night, mm-hmm. the good people at the, the Floyd's Burgers food truck. Quote, Dear people of Bettendorf, contrary to popular belief, it is possible to order sandwiches without removing the ingredients that give them their flavor. Thank you for coming to my Floyd talk. I feel attacked by this. One, as someone that lives in Bettendorf, and two, as somebody that will frequently say, I don't want this on the, on the hamburger. Uh, I guess their point is, listen, we've designed these things in a very certain, certain way. Certain way. Eat them this way. Yes. And if, you, if you don't want uh, what we've made, uh, go to another food truck. Now, I want to be clear. I want to be clear. Burger? I, I don't know. That sounds I think great. Maybe that's the one Steve was talking about. I think I, that they're having fun because they're saying it happens a lot more in Bettendorf than any other, uh, any other place that they set the truck in. Huh. Here, I'm looking at the, uh, the menu. Well, I mean, it's hard, it's hard really to have a menu when it's a food truck. They probably change all the time. Yeah, I'm clicking on the menu button on their website, and they don't have anything there. But I know that the burgers at Floyd's, if you've had one, uh, feel free to chime in on the text line at 563-223-8355 and, and throw your praise because I'm sure it's... I, I know I've heard from multiple sources that it's incredible. Okay. Yeah, I believe you. Ordering something and, and asking, okay, could you hold the mayo? No, uh, this is th- how we do it. Right. No. I mean, I guess I guess that's it. They're saying uh, from now on when someone says something like no sub sauce, uh, whoever is taking the order has to say yes, sub sauce. <laughs> Get into a little talk with them. No, we will be adding. No, that's uh, the that, way it is going to That's gonna how that's going to work. There's a subreddit of people that work at restaurants yes sharing some of the otter requests that folks have made uh, over the course of the years at the restaurants and i don't feel so bad saying no mayo on something after reading these specific requests that people who work at restaurants your servers have had to deal with uh-huh. okay i had a couple that told me to wait before I pre-bust their table so the man could lick every plate clean first. They had multiple apps and entrees between them, and he licked every single plate clean before I was allowed to take it. They weren't in a private booth or anything, and all the other guests could see this happening. Don't take the plate until I have licked it clean. That's a little bizarre, right? Yeah, strange. Odd requests that servers at restaurants have had to deal with. Here's one. A tablecloth. We had a gentleman who pooped his pants at the booth and then asked for a tablecloth so he could walk out of the restaurant with it wrapped around him. Oh, I thought he was going to fashion a diaper. I still serve him this day, and this was around 15 years ago. Zero shame. He comes back into the restaurant once a week. We never asked about getting that tablecloth back. No. Can I have a tablecloth? I'm going to make a speedy exit. Deposit. We had a woman send a grilled chicken salad back because it was cold. So we cooked some new chicken and made sure to send it back while it was still warm. She sent it back again. The entire salad wasn't hot enough for her. We microwaved her salad. She ate it. I don't know, man. (laughs) Microwave my salad. Uh, Honestly, I'd say the weirdest thing that while I was a server at a restaurant in the Royal Hawaiian, a guest asked me to book a shark adventure tour. It had nothing to do with my job or even the hotel. Those tours were an entirely separate business. I took his black card. I went to guest services, picked up a pamphlet, and booked the tour. He ended up tipping me 250 bucks, so it was totally Ooh, worth it. Absolutely was. Will you take care of this for me? 
Okay. Well, I mean, I'm a waiter, not a travel agent, but sure. I guess. Odd requests diners have made. This man told me he couldn't have anything that had been ground up at some point. So, like, anything with flour in it. Not because of the gluten, but because it was made small at one point. You mean like a hamburger? If anything has been ground up, I can't have that. The fact that you've made something smaller, it it disturbs my palate. Don't make it smaller. Fan lady, this isn't food related, but she would come in every Sunday morning, our busiest time of the week, and demand that the speed of the fans for the whole restaurant be slowed down. She claimed she had a medical condition and got away with it oh, for two months. you got a medical condition, all right. This stopped when one of the managers determined they also had a medical condition, but it required the fans to be left on at normal speed. This made fan lady very mad, and she never came back. I once had a guy send his eggs back because the outer rim didn't match the color of some planet. What? <laughs> Back when I was serving at Chili's, I had a couple ask me to do the gender reveal for their new baby. I'd never met these people before, but they loved Chili's. It would mean a lot if you would do this for us. We're going to name the baby Chili. <laughs> We're going to name the baby Back Ribs. What always amazed me was how people assumed a restaurant could just whip something up for them, especially when it comes to dessert. Oh, I want to be a baby back rib. <laughs> My coworker had a customer who perused the dessert menu, shut it, and then asked for a slice of apple pie. <laughs> Never mind baking an entire apple pie for someone. Mind you, there was no apple pie on the menu, and most dessert items at a restaurant are not made to order. People would always put up reservation notes asking for us to bring a cupcake for their birthday. Again, not something we had on the menu, nor something we were going to make special, even if we didn't have 210 covers coming in that night. Of course, people were more than welcome to bring a cake or dessert, but no one wanted to pay the plating fee. Odd requests diners have made. The other night, I had a girl ask the chef, if he would manually take the bones out of the chicken wings. Of course, the chef said no because of hygiene, so some of her friends had to offer to do it for her. Listen, I want boneless wings, and by that I mean not chicken nuggets. No. I want wings with get the, bones. Get those get the bones, bones out of there. I used to work at Olive Garden. There was a lady who would come in at least once a week, and she was dubbed by the staff as... Peppercini lady. She would want you to open a new bag of the peppercini we used in the salads and pour out the juice in a cup. She would then straight up drink the juice and then she'd get a bowl of peppercinis and just eat them. I can kind of see that. Really? Yeah. I'm kind of down with that. Ranch with everything. Don't get me wrong. I love my ranch dressing too, this server writes. But people want things on it you'd never expect. A $60 steak. Can I get a side of ranch for the steak? Soup. Can I get ranch for my soup? Spaghetti. Would you like me to grate some fresh cheese on top? No, but can I get some ranch for it? I used to work at a Japanese restaurant, and I once had someone come up to me and ask me if I, we had any low-sodium soy sauce. Uh -huh. The request itself was not so strange and I gave him the bottle that we kept behind the counter. The strange thing was, he used the soy sauce to pour it into his Pepsi. Raji. <laughs> is that something? Is, is that it like it was? <laughs> Raji. Oh, this Pepsi tastes like it was when I was stationed in Seoul. Someone says here, when I was cooking in the military, someone once requested a BLT sandwich but no bacon or tomato. He wasn't kidding. He just wanted bread and lettuce. 
middle-aged lady insisted she didn't want soda water or sparkling water. Instead, she asked for a white wine spritzer without the white wine. There are two ingredients in a white wine spritzer, white wine and soda water. I once had a dude order a large garden salad. He looked me dead in the eyes and very seriously said, no purple in it. I just acted like, sure, okay, with no follow-up questions. I ended up picking out anything purple-colored in the salad and very nervously watched him pick through it. He was satisfied enough and left a decent tip. But I can never unsee purple things in my salad now, but I do eat them. Odd tales of people's... Oh, we're a strange bunch, aren't we? Aren't we something else? Four. 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 One hundred years ago, yes. Stephen F. Austin State University was founded in Natchitoches, Texas. Yep. Founded as a teacher's college a hundred years ago. Okay. Named after one of the founding fathers of Texas, Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, let's see. The six million dollar man. <laughs> Is that right? Their uh, mascot is the Lumberjacks. They have uh, about 12,000 students that are there at Stephen F. Austin. The Lumberjacks. Football team competes in the NCAA Division I football championship subdivision. The Lumberjacks basketball team has made five appearances in the NCAA Division I tournament. Their bowling team is really something else. Huh. And by really something else, I mean they've had a degree of success. And this story about the Stephen F. Austin bowling team, have you heard any of this? No. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> this one's going to take a couple of turns you may not expect. Uh-huh. couple of twists and turns. There's a scandal there at Stephen F. Austin. There's been some cheating going on? Well, yes, but not on the lanes. <laughs> No, this is an erotic tale of bowling misadventure. An assistant bowling coach at Stephen F. Austin resigned after getting caught in an affair with a player. He's an assistant coach. His wife is the head coach. Does that make any sense? His wife's the head coach of the bowling team at Stephen F. Austin. He's the assistant. He's the assistant coach. And he's having some sort of... uh, Stooping some of the players there on the Stephen F. Austin bowling team. Oh, boy. And the quotes from this story. Stephen F. Austin State University assistant bowling coach Steve Lemke chose to resign rather than be fired this spring after the university discovered... I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) After the university discovered he had an affair with a student athlete. Lemke, 38 years old, is married to head coach Amber Lemke, resigned on April 10th from the program. He helped coach for two national titles and two second-place finishes. He said, quote, I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone I guess it's just an ethics code. Like, we frown upon it. But there's no rule. There's no law broken. Well, we are talking about people of age. Yeah, these are college kids. They're college kids, not, not middle school. Yeah, yeah. He says, quote, I was the stay-at-home dad for five years with the kids. Boy, he likes to talk. While Amber got to go off and coach the team. And when she'd get back... I'd run practices on top of taking care of the kids while she was back. When they travel again, I would sit back and take care of the kids. Then when I got hired on, she almost forced me to run practices. I was a volunteer the entire time before that, trying to help out Amber. Once I got hired on, one thing stemmed from another. I felt like I was doing too much for what I was being valued at. Why are you talking? He's got a lot to say. He sure does. I don't know. I, I'd like to explain myself <laughs> I, if I can. I got a lot of things to say. Man. Listen, uh I was uh I was a stay-at-home dad for a while. Listen, this is just a matter of ethics, and if I can stand the heat, I don't see what the problem is. 
Lemke defended his actions and said the relationship was consensual but might have been, quote, amplified to the magnitude that it is now because of the national championship caliber that we've developed. We're just so good. I think it's more of an ethics thing when it comes to the college. As far as a coach-teacher being with a student-athlete, I mean... I was such a great assistant coach. These kids won national titles. You and guys sure. wouldn't even know about this if we weren't so good. <laughs> that's, his, that's his defense. That's his you defense. wouldn't even care about this story if we weren't champions. Well, would we, though? Maybe not. Look, I knew it was a no-no, but it's kind of a gray area. You know, more of like a guideline. <laughs> How did Amber catch Steve? How did the head coach catch her husband? The assistant coach of the bowling team? Well, it was a text message with a rather scandalous message. Steve Lemke had this to say, quote, It didn't have anything in detail. It was just how amazing I am, basically, in general perspective. Amber saw that and questioned me, and I got to the point where it just built up so much that I basically told her the truth after she dug through my phone. Yeah, my wife uh, found out I was cheating. There was a text about what a... Incredible person I am, generally. I'm pretty awesome. What are you doing? I do have a lot to say here about, you know, how I'm no longer the assistant coach. Uh, I don't. It doesn't say whether or not Amber and Steve are still together. I, I don't. You know, that's a gray area. <laughs> it's, you know, nothing. I like how he says. There's nothing set in stone. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Uh, and, I, of course, you know, I know that there's bowling teams. How do you run a bowling practice? I guess go How ahead does that and work? bowl a game, guys, I guess. I think I could run a bowling practice. I'm the assistant coach. Like, what are you doing? Get your shoes. Hey, uh, you only knocked down nine pins. Try to get 10 next time. You only get two chances. <laughs> All right, you see those uh, gutters on either side of the lane? Yeah. What I want you to do for this drill is try and keep the ball out of those keep gutters. Keep the ball out of the gutters. What? Who do you think you are? I am. And keep your mind out of the gutter. Although, if you do like to have your mind in the gutter, I'm here. There's stuff the coach doesn't have to know about, if you know what I mean. I'm, I was a stay at home dad, but now I'm. Frisky and ready to get risky. Boy, he sure likes to talk. Steve Lemke wants you to know what was going on in his headspace. Yeah, why, while he was cheating on his wife, the bowling coach at Stephen F. Austin University. This is my mindset here. <laughs> you know, I don't even think anyone would know about this if we weren't so great at what we do. No one would care. All right. If we uh, were losers, <laughs> there wouldn't be a spotlight on us. All right. So, everybody, uh, for this drill, I'm going to show you where to put your fingers in the ball. Um, Is it in the holes? Okay. All Looks right, like smart you got it figured out. Why don't you go run a lap around the snack bar? <laughs> <laughs> you want to back talk me? I'm the assistant coach here at Stephen F. Austin. My wife's the head coach. We've been runner up twice and won two titles. By the way, uh, if any well, of you would why like don't to... You, why don't you make a sprint to and back from the pong machine? And bring me some nachos when you go. <laughs> you want cheese with that? Yes! You're damn right I do. You want to mouth off to me here at practice? Why don't you run to the asteroids machine that doesn't ever seem to work? And then come back here. And make you rethink some things. Do I do it? You want me to run in the bowling shoes? You know that I do! We wear those shoes when we're here at practice. By the way... Would any of you kids like to have sex with me? Just throwing that out there. I was doing some digging, and there's nothing set in stone that says that I can't. There uh, apparently <laughs> is nothing that says I can't do this, as long as I'm willing to put up with, the, you know, the ethics. Uh, <laughs> really kind of, a, kind of a gray area. I love the quote where he says, I knew it was a no-no. <laughs> I knew it was a no-no. A no-no? And I don't like to make a generalization like this, but I will. Yeah. 
your college bowlers mm-hmm. aren't always supermodels. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> not not always, not always. <laughs> well, I mean, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and suggest that maybe assistant bowling coach Steve Lemke is not, uh, you know, one of the Hemsworth boys. I'm gonna guess he's not the st- the stuff of every co-ed's fantasy. It's possible. <laughs> the outlet, uh, let's see, it says here that the Daily Sentinel, who got these statements from Lemke, is not identifying the student athlete who was a member of the Lady Jacks bowling team. I see lumberjacks and Lady Jacks. There's not a law saying I'm going to go to jail for doing something like this. No, we're not talking. There's nothing said We're in not stone. talking about jail. <laughs> I guess it's just an ethics code, like we frown upon it, but there's no rule, no law broken. Yeah, Steve and Amber have since filed for divorce, it says here. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not talking about jail. Stephen F. Austin Athletic Director Ryan Ivey saying that although Lemke and the student-athlete are two consenting adults... They did violate the university's relationship rules. Although consensual sexual relationships between faculty and students at the college level are not prohibited under state law, some universities have policies in place forbidding those types of relationships. It's a four-year teaching and research university. Oh, there's a lot to be learned. (laughs) I was a stay-at-home dad for five years. Don't I deserve this? It was kind of research. (laughs) Amber was hired as the head coach of the bowling program in the 2011-2012 school year. Two years after, Stephen F. Austin's bowling program started, and then uh, Steve was a volunteer assistant. Officially hired as an assistant coach, he reported directly to the associate athletic director due to nepotism laws in the state. So he was an assistant coach. His wife's the coach. But he didn't work for her technically because you can't work for your wife, you see. Mm. So married, married in the morning. Uh, Amber will return to head coach, but the student athlete involved in the affair will not return to the team as she has no eligibility. Oh, I'd argue she had some eligibility. You can always go into the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> They have that for bowling? Of course they do. You know how many programs would love to have someone for the Stephen F. Austin you were on the Lady championship Jacks? team? Runners up? <laughs> well, congratulations, Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, they won the title in 2022. That's, yeah. Defending champions. Way to go, like. Lady Jack. Number five. Five. Can I share with you my new favorite term? Yes. I I, I had never heard this, and now it's like all I want to talk about. Is it a saying? It's weaponized incompetence. Weaponized incompetence. Are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. You can kind of figure out what it means. I, I see it all the time. Weaponized incompetence refers to when somebody pretends not to know how to do something in order to get out of having to do it. I don't know how to go to the grocery store. What do you, I don't know how to figure these things out. Laundry, I don't know how any of this stuff works. I caught the laundry on fire. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple examples here that that would be better yeah. than, than what, that, what they did. So when you're asked to do a task, either by a, a, a partner at home uh-huh. or at work, and if it's something you don't want to do, you do such a terrible job of it. You're on, never asked to do it again. On purpose. Yeah. You're so terrible at it, you're never asked to do it again. Weaponized incompetence. This uh, 30-year-old disability advocate and real estate investor went viral for proving how prevalent weaponized incompetence can be. It's a a new term for an old behavior. But here are some of the experiences that people have shared. Uh, This one. uh, To me, it was wild that anyone would question weaponized 
incompetence and its existence. I realize it's a relatively new term to describe a very old behavior pattern. Rather than argue with somebody who seemed to be asking in good faith, I told him I would post about it, and he could read the responses. I can't usually predict what's going to gain traction on Twitter, but I knew many people, especially women, would have a lot to say on the topic. Uh, she's got her own story. Ended a relationship over it. She says the breaking point was when he didn't file the paperwork necessary for our international marriage to be legal, saying it was too hard to make phone calls and he didn't know what to do. Eventually, he had his mom pick up the slack. We were in our late 20s. He knew how to Google. He knew how to pick up a phone. But because we were citizens of different countries, timing was tight and getting paperwork done was vital to everything working. I remember this moment as the one I realized it didn't matter how important the situation was or how much was on the line. He would simply claim he didn't know how to do it or wait for his mom to pick up the slack. He would let things fall apart before handling his life himself, and I refused to marry into a lifetime of parenting with this man. Good call. Shortly after this, I walked away. Great call. Here are some others. People having their own, uh, sharing their own experiences with, again, weaponized incompetence. My ex put bleach in a dark load on purpose. When I asked why, <laughs> when I asked why, he said, quote, because I don't want to do laundry and you'll never ask me to do it again. You don't give up the game. You're a terrible magician. You never reveal your secrets. Don't, don't say it out loud. I thought that's where the bleach went. That's what you say. Well, when do you use bleach? Well, then there's this. You can come up with a better answer than that. This is a different person with a bleach story. My ex tried to tell me he didn't know how to use bleach in the washing machine. I'm like, you put it in the hole next to the detergent that says bleach. This man was a software architect that makes six figures. Couldn't figure out bleach. Yeah, he doesn't work with bleach, though. Mm-hmm. I don't... Do you use a lot of bleach? Um, not a ton. Do you use it at all? For cleaning more than... Yeah. For cleaning... Uh, but, I mean, household that. cleaning more than... Whites. More than whites, yeah. I asked my ex, a 40-year-old man who'd been living on his own for 20 years, if he'd boil some water in the kettle for me. And he asked, how do I do that? To be clear... I was in his house, it was his stove, and his kettle. You know how they always talk about, uh, you know, a watched pot never boils Mm -hmm. or whatever? Yeah. I had kind of that uh, thing go on the other day. It was just, I just was like, what is is going on? I was making some spaghetti, so I'm trying to boil some water for pasta. Mm Mm-hmm. And how long should, how, how long should... How long should that take? Uh, are you starting with hot water? Well, even still, it was. I probably was. How much water are we talking? Like a big? Uh, I don't know. Maybe a gallon. No, not half a, a no, gallon. No, not a not a gallon. A couple quarts. Maybe yeah, just maybe. Let's let's say it was even half a gallon. You're asking me to, from from room temperature to get up to boiling. How long should that take? Yeah, I'll say eleven and a half minutes. Okay. Well, this just seemed to be taking forever. To the point where it's like, what's wrong? I see the, I see the flames. I see this that's going on. And so, so I moved it to a different burner. And, of course, by that time, I'd heated up the water to some degree, and then it finally started to boil. But it was like, I don't think, what is going on with this burner? It's, this, this water is never going to boil. Just, it, boiled, it boiled last night when I made the pasta. Hmm. Why is it not boiling today? Maybe you got different water. It's just, it was just... <laughs> It was just the weirdest thing. It's like, this is never going to happen. Hmm. I asked, asked my ex to clean the TV stand and the television. I showed him what to use. I look over, and he's using the wrong thing on the TV screen, which could do damage to it. I say something to him, and he says, well, if I can't do it your way, I guess I just won't do it anymore since I can't do anything right. I know that we had... Sometimes you'll have touch screens in the studio, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember a buddy of ours uh, wanted to clean the monitor, a touch screen monitor. <laughs> right. And as opposed to, you know, just maybe spraying some on a mm-hmm. paper towel, and mm-hmm. he 
he just let he just let the touch screen have it. Was just spraying it all over, and he just dis uh, he disabled that thing as quick as you can say. Oh man! But we never asked him to clean that uh, screen again, did we? No, don't do that again. My ex refused to clean his bathroom when he moved out. The faucet wasn't working, and I learned that he wasn't he hadn't showered in at least six weeks and was just using baby wipes. What? How does that? <laughs> My ex refused to ever wipe down surfaces. The kitchen counter after doing dishes, dusting the living room, cleaning the shower, the toilet. He claimed that my cleaning standards were too high and that he could never make me happy. It's just too high. <laughs> I can't reach your impossible cleanliness standards. I guess I won't clean at all. You're a perfectionist. <laughs> Here's another one. The men in my family can fix engines. They can repair computers and do home repairs. But they act like breaking down a box for recycling is impossible. Can't be done. I can't do this. It can't be done. <laughs> I don't know how any of this works. Breaking down a <laughs> cardboard box. What? I can't do my work. Uh, the, the thread in all of these uh, replies seems to be that these are exes. Have you caught on to that? Y yeah. You don't put up with this. Well, at least good for you to get out of there. I would ask my ex to handle dinner for us on days where I worked three or more of my five jobs. Five jobs. He would typically either, one, ask me to list the things we had available to make in the house, or two, order out and get me to pay for my half of the meal. My dad is 73 years old and claims not to know how to run the washing machine. One of the final straws for me regarding my soon-to-be ex-husband was that he told me he couldn't fold his own T-shirt while sitting down. I hadn't even put the T-shirt in his vicinity to have him fold it. I just rested it by him, and I looked at him like he had three heads. <laughs> it's interesting that like this pulling this can be the straw that breaks a camel's back. Sounds like it happens all the time. Right? Like, there's be a careful. lot of problems in the marriage... But when you don't know how to fold a T-shirt, it's like, all right, that tears it. I'm out. My husband never cooked and never planned meals and went to the store. He moved out to live with his much younger girlfriend without so much as telling me or the kids. And the next week, I ran into him at the grocery store, pushing his cart, and he was buying all the things. Well, so he did know how. How to buy things? He didn't know how to never. He never went to the store. He never bought anything. But then uh, when he moves out with a young girlfriend, now suddenly he's, uh, he's at the grocery store and he knows where everything is. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. Can you clean the mirror? Yeah, what do I use for that? You use glass cleaner. Okay, where do we keep that? It's with all of our other cleaning supplies. Same place since we've moved here six years ago. All right, what does this glass cleaner look like? It's blue, <laughs> and there's a label on it that says glass cleaner. Oh, how do you use it? I was working two jobs and going to college full time, and I got home, and my boyfriend, who didn't have to work, had cooked dinner. So I asked what we were eating. He said he only made enough for himself because he didn't know what foods I liked. We'd been together for over a year. Oh, I haven't paid attention to oh, anything man. you eat. I have no understanding of what kind of foods you eat. I don't know how any of that works. Oh. Somebody says here, I personally know someone that told their wife, I'm the type of person that will purposely mess up so you won't ask me to, to do anything. Don't say it out loud. They are divorced today. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Listen, the whole secret of this weaponized incompetence is if it seems like you're doing it on purpose, what are you, what are you doing? You can't do You can't give the game away. Don't give away the secrets. Marshall Brodeen once told me, he said, David, a good magician never reveals his secrets. 
And I said, thanks, Marshall. Bad ones shouldn't either. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. Oh, well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Dave and Darren's Top 5 Things. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling all your friends what a fun time you had with Dave and Darren here in podcast form. You had a good time. Until we get a chance to do this for you again, hang loose, you kooks. And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Come on, Quad Cities, representing. This is for the Quad Cities reference spot. Davin Boyd, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. Your time is up. So long, screwy. See you in St. Louis. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.